0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in Syracuse, Utah, not New York, with a very special guest by the name of Will Lockwood. Hey, Will, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: I am ready to release the clutch. All right,
0: always so, the kind of ride you guys build. But before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your life, would you share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Will?
1: Well, it's tough. I think I've divulged a lot of things on the show. I mean, but depending on what episode you catch, I mean, I think the biggest thing that people may not know is that uh, I was in the military.
0: Yeah, uh, the army, right?
1: Yes, in the army and worked on M1 tanks. And that was uh, quite the experience. No kidding. I lived, so it was amazing.
0: Well, I want to say thank you for your service to this great country, first and foremost. Thank That's very you. awesome that you did that. My father was in the Army for a brief time. But, uh, during that time is when I was literally made. My parents were in Japan. He was stationed there. So uh, technically, I was made in Japan. Uh, so uh, somewhere, I think I have it stamped on my rear end somewhere, but I can't see it. But uh, at any rate, I really, I really appreciate you uh, serving this great country. And I'm going to give you a proper introduction. And we're going to dive into this really cool life that you have, Will Lockwood. Is an engineer, a restorer, a fabricator, and a builder who is part of the team at Kindigat Design, where they build incredible custom rides. No doubt you've seen their Motor Trend TV show and Will on Bitchin' Rides, now in its seventh season and nearing 100 episodes. Once out of the army, Will met Dave Kindig, and when Dave opened his own shop, he asked Will to join him, and Will's been there since 2003. He must he must be having fun. His passion for automobiles and RC Cars, maybe we'll learn about that, goes way back to his childhood. And he says that his vocational classes in high school, taking auto body and mechanics, saved him and helped him focus better on his other classes in school. No doubt you found your passion at an early age. That training became valuable because, as he said, he worked on those mighty Abrams tanks in the Army during Operation Desert Storm. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Will and what he's doing there. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a listen and we'll be right back. Are you ready to get out and hit the road? Boy, I sure am. This country has so much to offer and what better way than to get out and drive. Covercraft protects the things that move you from protective covers for the outside of your vehicles to the inside with dash covers, seat covers, and sunscreens, all creatively designed to keep your vehicle cool for those roadside stops for a meal or to take in the view. Covercraft custom tailors their designs for your special vehicles and manufactures with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Road trips can be hard on your vehicle surfaces, so protect them. And when you get home, cleanup is fast and easy. And you want to get a deal? Well, I've got one just for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of Car's. Yeah, simply use the code Y E A H 21, yeah, 21 at checkout. I've been protecting my vehicles with Covercraft covers since 1975. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Go to covercraft.com today. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance, designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, well, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner here and Talk about your life there, uh, building dream machines for people and being on TV and having fun and doing stuff. But let's kind of dive back first into your past, because something that I said in your intro was very interesting to me, that these shop classes, in a way, you said kind of saved you and gave you some focus. Can you touch on that and then kind of bring us through your life up until today?
1: Well, honestly, it started for me super early. I think I was four or five when i really started realizing that uh tinkering disassembling <laughs> reassembling what you could but learning through the process of of just hands-on you know tearing stuff apart
0: and <laughs> were you one of those kids that would take the toaster apart and your mom would walk in the kitchen and go what are you doing will
1: well i pretty well left the toasters alone <laughs> but uh Everything else, we I had a couple uncles that uh, you know, we were always just into something, building something, making noise with um, you know, three-wheelers and, and just all of it. And that really kind of evolved. you know, I got into building models, which is you know everybody loves, and, and then I was probably 11. And my mother actually bought me a really nice hobby-grade remote control car. Cool. And so, those remote control cars have kind of stuck with me. I mean, the first one I had was basically a, a exact copy or emulation of a a Volkswagen Bug. And so, those suspension systems and 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 the shocks and just the whole spring rate situation, I still today play with them. And it, the fact is. The vehicle dynamics are the same, you know, depending whether it's a small scale or versus a large scale. And I just enjoy the heck out of those. It allows you to have multiple in a small area versus having, uh, you know. A bunch of cars in the garage. Yes, a a huge collection. And that's just outrageous to me. And And then, of course, we were fortunate enough when I was growing up. I was born in '70. By the time I was in junior high, there was a, you know, pretty cool shop class that I was in that actually had a auto body. Oh, really? Just a just a module that you could do, go smack a dent in a fender and dolly it back out and spread some mud on it, sand it out. You know, that was my first kind of taste with the whole auto body situation and just it's just planting those seeds that becomes an interest and you know and move into high school I just took every auto mechanics Uh, my stepfather actually had a a small engine repair company so engines were just everywhere and I get into high school and there was a a small engine class which is all engine theory and and a little bit of hands-on then there's a auto mechanics class but it wasn't once I became a junior, eleventh grade, there was an opportunity for me to actually had a car, so I could travel to the vocational school. Uh, I started in auto body over there, and was lucky enough to be recognized that when my teacher received a call from one of his friends that he needed a helper, I actually was uh, top on the list to be able to go work with a gentleman and so i've really been building and and it wasn't just repair work it was everything he did was customs and so i've really been in that custom industry since 16 17. so i'm super lucky in that regard versus getting in a collision shop where you're just doing body panels or what have you but it definitely did save me for the fact that it was an interest enough of mine that I could excel. And it was basically about half of my schooling from from, you know, each day. Mm -hmm. So I was doing really well on that side, then I wasn't so slammed with just bookwork and English and history and some of those things that you know, you've done for 10 years prior already, and you're just kind of over it and over it. And but I got enough of a reprieve that I could, I could still, I could actually focus better, you know, because I was doing mechanics in the afternoon, and I and I had to keep my grades up to be able to stay in the vocational side. You wasn't bombarded with it, so then you could really focus, and the time that you was spending in English and classes and science and what have you, you could really focus, and it it really saved me overall. It was really cool.
0: Well, you found your passion. And your passion drove your, your need to keep your grades up, which kept that going. And I think it's fantastic that. You had something really to look forward to, to go to school every day. Everybody's interests are different and yours were discovered pretty early, which I think is really neat. And, you know, our regular listeners will know I had your coworker, Frank Finelli on the show here. I've had Dave on the show here, kind of working my way through your whole shop there. (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) one day I'll have have everybody. But let's fast forward to when you met this guy named Dave and he was saying, hey, I want to open a shop. Now This is back, back some time ago and you've been with him for a long time.
1: How that all happened was I had uh, gone in the military and I was getting out, and I basically just grabbed a hot rod magazine and I and I oh it was probably a Street Rodder magazine because they had that directory, so you could look in the back and find all the companies. And I was like, okay, who's in Salt Lake City that's in the magazines that's in the industry? Well, it was High Performance Coatings is the only thing you could find that was you know was really like in the industry. So I went straight to uh, that company and turns out Dave had started there three months, two to three months before me there and got a job blasting headers, basically, you're cleaning headers, painting them with uh, coatings, met Dave, you know, we kind of hit it off. He had the same, he was there for the same reason. We wanted to be a part of the industry. We wanted to build cars. We wanted to do that thing. We were both right in the, you know, our early 20s, and things were happening, and you know, he was building his bugs. I had uh, some Toyota trucks that I was playing with at the time, and we just hit it off, and you know, the company, the company moved. I was kind of a long ways away. Things happen in life where you, you get pulled different directions. I ended up leaving there. Dave continued on for, I believe it was another two to three years after I had left. Then same game with him. He basically up and said, okay, fine, I'm out of here. And uh, that's when he opened his shop really just out of his uh, garage through, you know, a lot of contacts that he had made, like I said, we we're in the industry. So he started in his garage, started doing designs for people, just doing our thing. And I had uh, landed a machinist job because I had gone to some more vocational school once I got out of the military and got trained up as a machinist, went and got a machinist job, making decent money. I started a family and where I was working, you were always kind of on the, it it was a good place to work, but you were always kind of, how was their industry going? And you're always, it was up and down, up and down. And so I ended up getting laid off And I was going to open my own shop. I had been doing roll cages and been doing some things for people and, you know, making a decent enough name for myself. But it was the complication of all the things, of running a business, of having a shop, I would say easier. And I was intrigued with what Dave was doing because he had started his shop. I, I started there about three years after he opened his shop officially. And he was doing cool things. And Dave's just got an eye so I was interested, you know. And
0: well, it sounds like you segue nicely into my next question, and that is, people who are inspiring, or influential, or mentors in your life. Would you say Dave is one of those in your life who's helped move you along and inspire you to come on board with him and uh, work and build a business together?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I came from uh, a very particular way of building cars. I always wanted to build everything just absolutely immaculately, and so you can imagine. Trying to do that at home, you're not always able to do that, and so sometimes you choose not to. I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna build a set of headers that are MIG welded together and just are not nice. And so you choose not to. So what Dave really taught me and helped me understand was he always has a wonderful way of showing me that there's maybe not such an intricate way of getting things done. You know, where in my mind it has to be, you know, you got to jump through all these hoops.
0: Well, you know, in business, and that's the thing I hear from a lot of guests here who are fabricators, builders, designers, there's this business side to business. And you got to do things sometimes that make sense for the customer. And maybe you wanted to spend an extra hundred hours on something, but the customer doesn't want to pay for those hundred hours.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so the project can still get done. It can still be exemplary and really, really nice. Uh, and that's where the the business side, the working side, all this kind of comes together, which is is pretty cool. And another nice segue here into advice. If if you were to advise, because you've been doing this for a long long time now if you were going to advise young people who want to get into what you're doing what's happening there at your guy's shop or anything in the automotive industry what are some things that you would advise them some routes to take to help them become successful
1: well it plays off that same thing is ultimately just do it if you can't do it the the most immaculately book worked way sometimes just cut to the chase and and just do it right now i mean Honestly, the world is your oyster because with the Internet, with Instagram, with all the with YouTube, with all the
0: basically free social media, advertising, free
1: training, free training everywhere you look. Yeah. All it takes now is to be inspired and to get started and to pursue whatever direction you want to go. And there is somebody right there. The Internet has made the world such a, a small and basically close place where you can reach out to anyone the people who you look up to the most typically will answer you back if you reach out to them and say hey could you help me a half a minute usually most people do
0: it's incredible we've never lived in a time like this i mean the things that are at our fingertips are absolutely mind-boggling and for young listeners out there they go well what are you talking about well they know but you go back to my youth we had auto shop in my class in high school, but that was in the 70s. And it's just so different now. And there's so many ways you can get out there and do what you love uh, and share it with others and learn from others who are sharing it with others. It's it's absolutely mind boggling. What are some of the cool things that you can talk about that you guys are doing in the shop these days? Some of the builds?
1: Probably the coolest thing for us right now is we're, we're delving into Building a, a production car, a short-run production car that uh, you know Dave designed. Dave has uh, has this dream of this '53 vet that he's you know has had, and so now we've got it to the level of we're on the verge of finishing that first car. They're very cool in the fact that they're they're reshaped, they're moved around. A human can actually fit in them. You sit down in them very comfortably, uh, whereas early Vets, you know, you sit out of the car almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're kind of awkward when you, you get and they don't. They kind of drive like a truck too. They're not the greatest. They drive like to a drive. truck. They yeah.
1: they you barely fit in them, and so these we've uh, put modern chassis under it, modern suspensions, independent rear, nice modern LS engine. So very easy turnkey, lots of oodles of power, and the bodies are carbon fiber. So, I mean, it's just an ultimate rendition of a a 53 vet with modern uh, accoutrements, but still, it's a vintage style and very pleasing to the eye.
0: Now, is this something you guys are going to be building multiple versions of the same vehicle, but can people order... Colors and configurations they like are you going to build, or are you going to just build a certain number and sell them? What's the plan?
1: no'll they'll, uh, they'll be customizable in color and you know uh, wheel style and, and all those things that you can easily bolt on Obviously the the core car will be the same, but the interior colors and the exterior colors and, and the engine choice within reason is all going to be customizable for, for what somebody might want. Very I think cool. it's going to be cool. I, I think, think it's going to be so.
0: very cool. <laughs> sounds <laughs> awesome. It sounds awesome. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about a big challenge you've faced in your life, Will. So keep the seatbelts on. The ride could get a little bumpy here. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars yeah! listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars yeah! and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new, exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market, so come with me and join us on this journey. When you subscribe, use the code CARSHAT and they'll give you $10 off. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. <laughs> All right, Will, let's talk about a big obstacle, maybe a big challenge, even a big whopping failure. And this isn't so much about the specifics, although I'd like you to go into them. It's really more about what the situation taught you so you could move forward in a very positive way. So take us on a little bit of a bumpy ride.
1: Oh, gosh, let's see. Well, I pretty much get challenged with everything that is put in front of me. It's come down to the point where at our shop, it's the most intricate things that ever land on my plate.
0: Ah, that's why the title engineers is right after your name. Yeah, that's probably
1: why. And what I've probably learned from that the most if you break things down and really get down to the simple machines that come into play, and if you can get it broke down to that level, then everything becomes very easy.
0: Is that, just, is that to say, in your mind here, if you have a big challenge put in front of you, the way to accomplish that is to take it into bites and bits and pieces. I always say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You don't try to shove the whole thing in your mouth. Is that what you're talking about here when you have a, a technical challenge, when it comes to a component, a build, something like that?
1: All of it, yes, exactly. We did the future liner, and we had a couple people look at that truck when we first got it, and they said, Oh my gosh, that just seems so overwhelming. How in the world could you even begin? And one foot in front of the other, that's how you do it, you know, accomplish anything. So so the trick is, is not to get overwhelmed and then when those larger challenges come into play, then you take them on as the smallest bit you can.
0: That future liner, that was the 39 GM future liner, right? The, yes. The sh- yes. Yeah. Because when I go through your guy, you guys have a cool website. And I'll encourage our listeners here if you've never been to their website, check it out, check out the gallery. And I think you'll be surprised, unless you're intimate with Kendiga Design and what these guys do and the gals there, that the variety of vehicles that you guys work on, from European to US to this GM future liner, which was, I mean, When you guys got that thing, it wasn't so spit-spot, was it?
1: Oh, no, it was... uh, (laughs) It needed uh, a little
0: work, a lot of work.
1: Yeah, I would say it was the worst vehicle we've ever dealt with, but but it was definitely, especially considering the size of it, and I would say that we replaced 85% of that vehicle. Really? Wow. But it was also so intriguing to, like you said, it was built in 39, so it was absolutely intriguing to see the... The engineering and the thought that had gone through the suspension, the front suspension and steering and a braking system on that vehicle. I mean, it has dual front wheels, and those dual front wheels move independently of each other, so there's two separate braking systems per wheel. Wow. Just some incredible, that's incredible...
0: Cr- that's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. It, that thing looks like a train coming at you. How tall
1: is that thing? They're right on 11 foot. Wow. And you drive them from, you know, ultimately your, your head's at nine to 10 feet. I know
0: you're way up there.
1: So you're way up there and, and just, we don't do restorations. And honestly, that was probably our first restoration. And so for us to delve into that, I mean, it was it was kind of an honor. I mean, there was only twelve of them built, right? And to be so lucky to have somebody to, you know, employ us to basically
0: bring it back to life.
1: Yeah, bring it back to life. And and I feel that ours is probably the best restored one out there. And so, you know, we were just super lucky. We've been super lucky with incredible clients that, uh, you know, trust us and and then basically give us the reins to build it the way we would do it. You know, would it would it be fun to modernize one? Yes, yes, of course. But restoring it was was just as cool
0: well that thing is over the top insane and it's just (laughs) i can't even imagine let's talk about a special vehicle in your life will a car a bike a truck whatever it might be that really stands out for you could be something you have now or something in the past but maybe take us on a little ride in that vehicle tell us what it is and what made it so special for you
1: well let's go back to what was basically my first car okay I say basically because when I was 15 I got a, a 68 El Camino that was during the pro Street era and I commenced to for a solid year basically cut that car apart
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> and and essentially destroy it because I I was just tinkering I didn't have a I didn't have a job that was gonna pay for you know some big blower engine and big tires and all this stuff yeah so I basically cut it apart, mocked it up, and it was fun. Then I, I lucked out, and right before my 16th birthday, I found a 65 Chevelle that at the time was a, a very good deal. You know, I think we paid uh, $1,100 for it. Mm-hmm. Had a small block 400 in it. Nice. So it, it ran, it drove, it did its thing, and I just scrubbed it and scrubbed it and scrubbed it as much as i could it wasn't gorgeous by any means i did everything i possibly could to that thing and in fact same game i did a frame off on it by time i was 18 and uh that was right in the transition that uh, everything was kind of becoming more pro touring Yeah. and four speed automatics had come on to the scene it's just so cool when you kind of do the most with what little bit you might have really worked for me. And so I was lucky enough that I drug it down uh, to Texas while I was in the service and, and just enjoyed living in this 65 Chevelle. I say living in, you know, but driving every chance I could yeah. this 65 Chevelle while I was in the military. And it was rowdy, had a, a really fun 327 in it, some big open exhaust. Now, I build cars from the bottom up. Like I said, I had done a frame off. The frame was painted. The bottom of the car was painted. But the body was not done. There was little to no interior, a pair of seats. And to me, that's done. You know, to me, that's done and running. If the car makes noise and stops and, and puts a smile on your face, then then really, I'm like, I'm ecstatic. So right now, me reminiscing, that's been, you know, the coolest vehicle I've owned Of course, I have a couple others. I have one big truck in the works that I'm just absolutely on the edge of getting it done and and getting it to where I can live in it also.
0: Cool. Well, you think about that car, the 60, really, they they came out and I think it was 64, wasn't it? The first Chevelle? Yes. Yeah. First Mm -hmm. So 64 through kind of 77, and they they changed over the years, but that was the first one. And uh, I remember a guy up the street when I was a kid had the... uh, super sport the ss coupe yes which was a really cool car. And he had modified, he was a, I was a little kid, but he was an older kid and modified. It made a lot of noise. My mom used to gripe when he'd go down the street, but um, I thought it was cool. <laughs> you know, he was like this big teenage kid with a, with a, a neat car, but yeah, those are neat. I, I always loved the Chevelles, which kind of dives me into this next question. I'm going to be a bit of a psychologist for you here, Will. If you, if you were a vehicle, you were actually a vehicle, manifest, this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality in a car this could be a custom build could be a car that you guys have built there it can dig it what would you be but more importantly why uh i have
1: to just say ultimately no matter what brand no matter what type i likely would be a sleeper
0: a sleeper okay well let's dive a little deeper into this why a sleeper
1: i love quiet power and i love flying under the radar i got you that means personally the cars that i drive the cars that i love i love to go fast but i don't like announcing it Mm -hmm. i like to obviously not get any attention from the the policeman (laughs) the policeman yeah yeah and then i think even on my personal stuff dave and kevin they're out there they like to be out there they like to meet everybody they like to do all that stuff you know we invite people to the shops. you know uh in the evenings and stuff like that and typically when people are around i'm still working i'm still just tinkering and do my things and get stuff accomplished and that's kind of more what what makes me happy and 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 people say hey where are you at and then i disappear you know i mean (laughs) and same token i'm i'm not that shiny i'm not that shiny thing on the outside Uh, i'm not so concerned about the the interior or, or or the paint I just like what's underneath the shell yeah. and making things perform really well and put a smile on your face through the throttle pedal.
0: Well, not too many sleepers are being built that can dig a design. That's for sure. <laughs> the, the cars that you guys do, although some of them, when you look at them at first, now the wheels kind of give it away, could be maybe called a sleeper. I don't know. You know, I think about like that 72 Ford Bronco you guys built looks kind of like a basic ford bronco a bit i love that 65 vw bus because i'm an old german car guy and but that thing had a kick-ass motor in it so it went pretty fast you think of those as being kind of slow as slugs but that one moved a little bit but then you get into some of the other stuff you do but i like that answer that makes sense yeah yeah
1: and i think the the whole key to that is that's the team that we have Mm -hmm. in the fact that i can take care of the the mechanics and the and the bottom side and and the structure and you know little a little bit sure ergonomics and what have yeah. you. Make sure it all works. The stance is right, and then of course Dave is the the candy coating and and these <laughs> a, amazing colors and 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 then Kevin, you know he he is a finisher. Both me and Dave I think would probably still be you know just playing with. Ooh look at this shiny bit and look at this cool you know big horsepower whatever and and Kevin is kind of the glue that binds us together and and then makes us
0: get it done
1: focus <laughs> and get it done yeah. he's the finisher and and so I that's like that. what how it's all kind of worked. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a good team you guys have there. uh, Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you know, Dave started this business and brought you on board. He's brought so many great people on board. He does the boot camp program to get young people. I mean, you think of people like uh, Frankie you work with who came on board through that. What are some of the ways that you like to give back to young people per se uh, so that they can have some fun and find a, a future in what they're doing?
1: Well, I think the biggest way that I've been able to do that is ultimately first off is through the show. Yeah. I mean, I I get a lot of messages from from people. I mean, it's global how much I've taught them through the show. And and it's nice. kind of interesting, you know, obviously, you know, it's interesting to me because we wanted to change TV when when we first started the show, there were some mechanic based shows that really ruined automotive tv for a lot of people because of the the rhetoric because of the the you know
0: it was just uh, fake
1: the fakeness but from all that stuff and so we were lucky enough that and i, I want to say personally i was lucky enough that when the tv people came in i kind of like drew the line I, we're gonna be we're going to change TV for everyone, or we're not going to do this. Everybody was in agreement with that, and we could do that. You know, It's still a bit to teach the, the TV people that people like building cars, and they like the intricacy that is building cars, and we don't need the drama and we don't need the ridiculousness
0: yeah you know shops can't operate in reality in some of the ways that they showed on some of those shows people operating yelling at each other throwing tools i mean you can't run a business that way and I yeah. think it diminished a lot of shop's credibility, quite honestly. They got kind of caught up in the goo-goo land of TV. And it was really a shame, I thought. And that's why I enjoy your guys' show. I mean, you have some showmanship, which you've got to have. But yeah. but you focus on the build. You focus on the cards. You focus on what you're doing. And then you got great people. I think it's great of what you guys have done. And you just got to keep doing it and uh, inspiring people around the world. And that's what you do. Is there a book that you've read, Will, that you'd like to share that you Learned a lot from or really enjoy doesn't have to be a car book. Oh
1: well, I mean I have to go back to um like Smoky Unic.
0: Oh okay, yeah.
1: There was a uh, engine builders from back in the day before all the technology was you know you really had to use your mind. The computer wasn't going to do for do it for you. And then on the sheet metal side, I grew up on the the Metal Fabricator's Handbook by Ron Fournier. oh yeah, but. There's modern versions of that. Brian Fuller has kind of rewritten some of those fabricator books, and you know of course I grew up in the era of magazines and 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 books, and just having those in your hands and flipping the pages and looking at the same pictures and reading the same the same captions and the same stuff over was a real thing, so that gets really embedded in your brain. You can go a couple clicks away and Basically watch look up all. anything. Yeah. Watch it watch, watch it. watch it. all. Watch
0: it all being done. That's fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll list these books on Will's show notes page because they're all great books, old and new. So you can check them out. Uh, we're going to take one last short break and we come back, Will, we're going to get to go on the ultimate drive. So keep your thoughts open. We'll be right back. Cars Yeah! is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, partner, TechForce Foundation, through its Veterans at Work military transition campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed— TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at TechForce.org today. All right, Will, we're going on what I like to call the ultimate drive. This is the magic here at Cars. Yeah, you get to pick the vehicle you're in. You get to pick the person you're with, living or deceased, who'd be driving, and what are you going to be talking about? So what does your ultimate drive look like, Will?
1: Maybe Route 66 or some, something, you know, uh, in uh, the chicane ah, with Troy Turpanier. I think that would be fun. That car was really, ultimately, I feel that was a real game changer in the execution, in the power realm, and the quality on the street driven you know a driven car on the street of ultimate quality and that was probably what i feel was one of the the first big you know twin supercharged modern small block that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know 1200 horsepower on the street that was that was a new thing that was a new thing and the the execution on that car was just immaculate and
0: I get it. I get yeah. it. And, and why yeah. would you want to be with Troy? What's it about Troy that?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, I was 16, 17 years old and, and Troy was on the cover of hot rod and the car craft and, and really doing that thing and living that thing, you know, some years before obviously I got to that point. And, and then, you know, it didn't just start with him. His father was a huge influence and was building cars before that and it just has a huge history um and then now they've gone on to you know building uh land speed record cars and i would just enjoy it i mean i i have talked to i have talked to troy a few times but Uh we're always in a setting where it's like you're not gonna sit and just chat you know for hours
0: so So to get to to get to be in that vehicle with him and talk shop talk cars yeah i think that'd be a a pretty darn magical ride, and of course, Route 66 going across this wonderful country we live in and all the cool things, the back roads. yeah, I think that's a that's a very unique ride. You've, you've uh, taken us on there. I like that very much. You've given me a great ride today, Will, and I've really enjoyed talking to you before I let you go, though, is there maybe a parting piece of wisdom or advice, a success quote or a mantra you'd like to share with us?
1: I would say we go back to that, break it down to the simple machines. Don't overcomplicate what you might be looking at or what you might need to accomplish. One foot in front of the other, bite off a a small chunk of the elephant at a time.
0: It works on every aspect of life, quite honestly, whether it's a build or a business or a relationship or anything. Uh, Yeah, take a step back and break it down into pieces especially if you find things overwhelming uh, because sometimes when things get overwhelming, it just shuts us down and we don't make any advancement. I always say that with anybody who's working on a home restoration or a car, at least every day, go out and do one little thing,
1: one little thing, one Mm -hmm. little
0: thing. Just don't. Otherwise, if you try to look at the whole thing, you'll never go out there and work on it and it never gets done. Great advice you share with us today. Will, what are the many ways that we can keep up with you and can dig a design?
1: Well, obviously the, All the venues, you know, uh, the website, Instagram.
0: You guys are everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Motor Trend, of course, to go see the shows. Yes. You're everywhere. I'll make sure I put links to all of these. I mean, most of my listeners here already know about you guys. uh, But if you don't. Or if you're not following these guys, uh, follow them all over the place and you can keep up with what they're doing and see what Will gets to play with every day. What a life. And I want to do a quick shout out to a mutual friend who introduced me to you, Will, which is Tori DeBlasi. Yes. He, uh, he's introduced me to some wonderful people. Tori, shout out to you. Thank you. Thank for you. For all that you do. Yep. Great guy. Will, thank you for taking some time with me today, getting away from the shop and talking shop. This has been really fun. I want to thank you for sharing your life and your inspiration. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Well, thank you very much, Mark. I highly appreciate you inviting me on. It's been very fun talking to you.
0: Most definitely. Say hi to my friends there, Frank and Dave and everyone at Yeah.